Hello, we're Gail and Claire, co-founders of Peopletopia. Welcome to our podcast, Brilliant Bosses. Peopletopia was set up with a very simple principle. No one deserves a rubbish boss. Having experienced this ourselves, we know what a difference it makes to employ productivity, well-being, and ultimately, company profitability. We'll talk about our experiences of brilliant bosses and the things that they do well, with loads of takeaways to help you to get the best from the people that you work with. We will tell you some theory about the topics that we cover, but mostly we'll be giving you practical hints and tips that you can take away to help you to be brilliant. Hi, I'm Claire and this is Gail and we're Peopletopia. Welcome to our podcast series, Brilliant Bosses, where we're going to talk about all things leadership, management, employee engagement. Today, our subject is, I'm a leader, why won't anyone give me feedback? Let's imagine you ignore your nerves, you take a deep breath, you ignore that sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach, and you go out there and you ask your team for feedback. Brilliant, well done, and you're expecting all this feedback to come flooding back in, and what happens? Tumbleweed, complete silence. It happens all the time and people ask about it all the time. And today we're going to think about why does that happen and is there anything that you can do about it? So, Gail, let's start with why do you think we need feedback when we're in a leadership role? It's really valuable and it's critical to performance. So especially in a leadership role, we need to be getting feedback to find out what we're doing well and what we need to improve. Um, I'll just tell you a quick story about an old boss of mine who really was in need of feedback. She came across as unapproachable. She terrified the teams and nobody felt that they were able to disagree. Um, and she really could have done with feedback. And, and to this day, I really, really regret not giving her some feedback because I ended up leaving that role and lots of people did the same. And I think if somebody had taken the courage to give them some feedback, things would have really, really improved. Mm, I get, it feels a bit risky though doesn't it you know when you do thought, for most people the thought of feeding back to their boss and telling them that there's something fundamentally wrong in the way that they're managing or leading them is feels like a very risky thing to do it's terrifying yeah <laughs> um I, I think people fear those repercussions don't they um Definitely. but yeah so tell me about feedback then Gail what do we need to do give me some stats well as leaders we know how to give feedback but receiving it is really really different and we know that there's loads more searches on actually kind of giving feedback than receiving it so what can we do to make sure that we're in the right place to receive it gallup data shows that when employees strongly agree they receive meaningful feedback and that's happened in the past week they're almost four times more likely to be engaged which is a really great thing when you have engaged employees 32 percent of employees wait three months or more to get feedback and 92% say that feedback is really important and really valuable. Meaningful feedback leads to better performance and it's crucial to how companies perform. Mm, I think that, I mean, there's a lot of people out there waiting for feedback then really, isn't there? There is. Um, I think that what I see people do well is or, or do is we see a lot of that formal review type feedback, right? It's your three month review. So let's talk about how you're doing and how am I doing? But I think one of the problems is that people don't recognise the importance of that in the moment feedback. They see something happening and they don't feel empowered or brave enough to challenge it or to, to talk about it. Yeah. 
There's a really good example of this, and it comes from Daniel Coyle's book, The Culture Code. And he talks of an experiment where four different teams were given the challenge of building the tallest tower. And they were given spaghetti. They were given, I think, 20 marshmallows, 20 pieces of spaghetti and some sellotape. And the only rule was that there had to be a marshmallow on the very top. So the four groups were CEOs. There were some lawyers. There were some business school students and there were some nursery school children. So the question I'm going to ask you, Gail, is who did best? Who built the tallest tower? <laughs> I would love to say the CEOs, uh, but I think it's probably going to be the primary school, the nursery school children. Yeah. So what I mean, you know, they're kind of it's an odd little group in there. So everyone suspects that they might have been the best. But why do we think that they might have been the best? I think um, from what I've seen is children are slightly less afraid of giving feedback. So when I've seen my daughter playing with her friends, it's immediate. It's like, oh, don't do that. I don't like that. Or that doesn't look great there. And it's that feeling of immediacy. So giving that feedback in the moment um, and they're not afraid of doing that. There's no kind of um, egos involved, I suppose, at that age, which I think could be really helpful. Yeah, it's not because of the smaller hands, which has been suggested. <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely right what they observed in the experiment is that there was no status management going on with the children there was no worrying about oh I've got to pick my moment I need to be careful how I say this it was this constant review of what's happening does it work if it doesn't I'm saying so if it does I'm going to say so too so there was a lot of adjustment of activity so the children were completely focused on activity um, rather than status the other groups People were being careful about relationship management. They were being fearful about, um, you know, who was more important, any kind of hierarchical issues in the group. So they were less focused on the task in hand and less comfortable in giving that immediate feedback that you just talked about. So feedback in the moment, I think, something that we could all really work on. Absolutely. So I'm going to ask you, Gail, why do you think that we fear asking for feedback? There was um, a review in the uh, an article in the Harvard Business Review, which kind of talks about this. So Sheila Heen and Douglas Stone uh, said the feedback process strikes at the tension between two core human needs, the need to learn and grow and the need to be accepted just the way you are. And I think that's why it's really, really difficult for people. That's why it can feel so challenging. So we've got a personal self-view. We think we're good at some things. We might know we're not good at other things. And feedback often causes us to have to change that view of what we're good at. And we have this tug between wanting to be accepted the way we are and growth. And that's what we need to be focusing on is that growth. Mm. Neuroscience also shows us really interestingly that if we ask for feedback, we are far less fearful of it. So even by asking the question, have you got any feedback for me? Your brain kind of goes to the state that it can be more accepting. Otherwise, if somebody just walks up to us and says, can I give you some feedback? You're in that fight or flight dilemma and you can feel really, really challenged. What happens then is you don't take the feedback in, you don't listen to it and you can't really act on it because you haven't listened properly. So we're much more likely to accept feedback in a really positive way if we've just asked the question about getting some feedback. Hmm. I, would, I would imagine that really helps with that defensiveness that a lot of yes. us feel when we're giving some feedback as well because it puts us in charge asking yeah absolutely is that our first top tip then Gail 
Uh, I think so. I think that's our first top tip. You have to make an effort to ask for feedback. And to keep asking for it. <laughs> yeah, you have to be consistent. Quite often on our training courses, somebody said, well, I asked for it once and I didn't get any. <laughs> Did you think of asking again? Did you maybe ask a second time? So in the first time you ask, as you said, you might get tumbleweed. You may even get that a second or a third time. But by the fourth time you ask, people will be thinking, do you know what? I really think Gail needs some feedback or would like some feedback. So you need to keep asking. You need to be consistent. You don't want people to think it's just an action on a tick list that you've, oh, right, okay, I've asked for feedback. Fabulous. No one's given it to me. You want to let them know that you genuinely want it. So mm -hmm. that's our next top tip. Great. So we're heading up the tips list. Well. Don't worry, we will do a recap on tips later. Um, so I've been asked for feedback before and I just haven't known what to say. I've, I've thought I, I have nothing to tell you. I've got nothing to give. What can I do in that situation? So tell me about the circumstances where that might happen. Uh, so I suppose I might be in a meeting or I might be in a one to one or someone might kind of grab me in passing and say, hey, have you got any feedback for me? And it's really tough to answer on the spot, especially when there's that sense of fear. I'm not really sure what you're looking for. I might tell you that, well, yes, Gail, you're rubbish at presentations and you were looking at me to comment on something completely different. Yeah. So sometimes it's hard when people grab you and ask you for feedback. It is. And that's one of the mistakes that people make. You put people on the spot. If you want quality feedback, you need to warn people that you're going to be asking for feedback and you need to be giving them time to reflect and respond with thought. So somebody was telling me a circumstance the other day that they were in um, a presentation with their boss, who was quite a significant leader in the organization. The leader comes out and says, how was my presentation? And they just said, oh, it was fine. It was great. And actually, she was saying it ran over time. There was typos in the presentation. It was stilted. The person looked nervous. There was lots that could have been done to improve it. But when you ask for feedback with kind of that immediacy, people aren't ready for it. So the typical answer you get is, hey, it's fine, which isn't very helpful. So top tip, give people warning and give people time to respond. Brilliant. I think it's also, uh, you know, that circumstance where someone's on a bit of a high and they've done it. They feel like they, yay, I've done a presentation. Yeah. You've got to think about, is this the moment that I want to tell someone when actually they didn't do very well at all? So, you know, it's it's difficult when someone does put you on the spot like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's that's kind of another example, actually, moving really swiftly on to another top tip. Asking, have you got any feedback for me is really unhelpful. It's vague and it's really difficult to answer. It's the same question as, hey, how am I doing? Mm. And it doesn't give anybody any kind of tips about what it is you're looking for feedback on. Yeah, it's it's really tough to answer that question. And I reckon, I don't know, 90% of the time you're going to get, yeah, fine, no problem. Yeah, fine. It's yeah. That generic, you give a generic question, I guess you get generic answer. Yeah. So what kind of things would we advise people to ask instead? So things that people find really helpful are things like the traffic light system, as we call it. So what can I, is there anything that I can stop doing, start doing or continue doing to make your life easier, to make you better in your job? So that's a really great one because it gives you some kind of hooks that you can hang your feedback on. So people find it much easier to answer a question like that. Mm -hmm. The other thing you can do is be really specific about the thing that you want feedback on. So if you've had feedback in the past or somebody's told you that your team meetings are a bit rubbish, actually going back to your team and saying, right, I had this feedback that the team meetings were rubbish. As a result of that, I've tried to put in place A, B and C. 
What do you think? Are they any better now or is there still room for improvement? So again, what you're doing is you're narrowing it down and you're asking for something really specific. So again, that gives people much more chance to say, actually, this is working really well in the team meetings and this isn't working quite so well. And by being specific, you can ask about stuff more often and you can be constantly getting that in the moment feedback as we talked about with the children in the Marshmallow Tower. It feels less risky to answer as well, I think, yeah. because there's not that risk of, am I going to open up something that I didn't even know was a problem? It's, I know what kind of thing you're looking for. It feels much safer to answer a question like that, I think, rather than that really kind of broad response um, that, that's, that, that sometimes those first questions will lead to. Absolutely. So let's think about, I, let's imagine I've got some feedback um, and I don't like it. Okay. What am I going to do then? So, I, you know, how do I manage it if I get the feedback that I don't like? So I was once told by somebody I worked with that every emotion I felt was shown on my face. I know you'll find that hard to believe. And I've really had to work on that because typically in the past, if I think someone's an idiot, you will absolutely be able to read that on my face. If somebody gives me some tough feedback I don't like, you can absolutely see that I don't like it. And I've really tried to work hard on that. You have to control your feelings. If you're going out and asking for feedback and somebody has the confidence and the time and the courage to give you that feedback, you cannot sit there with a face like thunder, like um, you've been stung by a wasp. So you really need to control your physical response, but you need to control your verbal response as well. So if I kind of say, what do you mean by that? That is really kind of antagonistic. So um, I would really encourage people just to work on their response and try and look as welcoming and positive as possible, even when you're being given feedback that might be quite hard to hear. Mm. And I think it's that thing about just you've just got to shut up and listen. And whatever you're being told, you have to say thank you. You're not necessarily thanking people for telling you something that you don't like about yourself, but you're thanking someone for taking the time and the effort to do it. They obviously feel like it's important enough to need to tell you. So thank them for it. Yeah, absolutely. And they had the courage that in the example earlier I didn't have. So you need to be thankful for people giving you that. Mm. The other thing I suppose I would say on that is it can be a really good opportunity to practice your EQ. So you don't have to sit there and EQ, go, thanks. Let's just explain EQ for a second. Uh, emotional intelligence, I guess. So one of the things that leaders are proven to need, which is more and more important than your actual intelligence, is this emotional intelligence. And that doesn't mean kind of zipping everything up and not showing anything. What it means is I can say things like, gosh, that feedback was really difficult to hear, but I really appreciate you taking the time to give it to me. And that can be more impactful than just going, oh, thanks for that. And, um, you know, people knowing that they've given me some difficult feedback and me not responding. So just phrases like, that was really tough to hear, um, but now I can work on it and now I know about it and I can improve it. So thank you for taking the time and courage to let me know is a really, really good response. But again, we're not being confrontational. We're not showing that, you know, we're really angry about it. We're just saying what we feel. And that can be quite important in terms of emotional intelligence. It can be really hard and it does take practice. But I think, like you're saying, kind of having a almost like a phrase in my back pocket that yeah. reminds me I need to say I need to thank this person for this and and the discipline of just listening I think really really helped with it 
It does. And I suppose on the converse of that, what we often see, Claire, is people who get given really positive feedback and say, oh, no, don't worry, I was only doing my job. So I suppose it's worth mentioning that, too, that if you're given some positive feedback, again, say thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time to say that. That means a lot to me. So rather than just say, oh, no, oh, no, I do that every day or something and brushing it under the carpet, because, again, what you're doing is you're kind of slapping someone in the face with it and not valuing it. So when somebody gives you some really positive feedback too, it's really important to acknowledge that in an emotionally intelligent way. Yeah, good good tip uh, to remember to to accept the the positive stuff graciously as well. So, yeah. um, so let's go back to this this theme of not not understanding or not agreeing with the feedback. Um, I think if I don't understand the feedback, if I need to know more, or if I don't agree with the feedback, um, it, I think it can be really hard to ask the right questions without seeming defensive or without seeming like I'm trying to really challenge what someone's saying. How do yeah. I handle that? I think we have to come from a position of curiosity rather than a position of interrogation. So if we start hammering that person, with, well, what do you mean by that? I don't understand. What do you mean? Tell me more about this. Tell me more about that. It can even be in our tone as well as the questions, I guess. So again, maybe have some questions in your back pocket that you are used to asking that will help you explore it a bit more. So a great question might be something like, I don't know, um, I'd love to know more about that. Can you give me an example of a scenario where that's happened? Mm-hmm. So really come from that desire to understand rather than interrogation. Mm, that's a good tip. And remember to say thank you. Again, it all comes back to remembering to thank people for that. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's kind of on a shorter term basis. What about on a longer term basis? How do we keep up the momentum? Let's imagine that I've managed to get some feedback out of my team. How do I keep that going? I suppose it's about creating the environment for feedback. So in the example I talked about earlier, there was no environment there that people felt safe at all. So a a top tip, I suppose, would be to create um, an environment of psychological safety. And to do that, the best way of doing that is to be vulnerable and be authentic. And how do I do that? Okay, so phrases like, um, I'm not the expert on this, so I'd really value other people's input into it. Um, Or... I'm sorry, I didn't handle that in the best way. I know how to do that differently next time. So showing that we don't always get things right as a leader and showing that we are vulnerable and showing that we think we don't know everything mm. all help to create this climate of psychological safety where in the long term feedback just becomes the way we do things around here because we know it's safe. We know there's going to be no explosive response, mm. but it's the way of making sure that our team is a really high performing team. Just this culture of I know I can give you feedback because it feels safe to do that mm. so longer term that can be really helpful mm. and that's when you get that constant flow of in the moment feedback because people feel yeah. safe to do it I think there's this um there's this misunderstanding for a lot of people particularly if they're new into a management or leadership role that they have to be that perfect person that they have to know every answer that they have to know what to do in every situation but actually you've got a team around you and one of the you know one of the the strengths in leadership is knowing when to call for support and help and I think there's a lot of freak once you realize that it takes a big weight off your shoulders I don't have to know how to respond for every situation it's all right to go I don't know what to do about that right now what do you think we should do I think there's a bit of freedom in that yeah and and there's lots to say that people really value authentic leaders now who don't stand at the front directing but you know are understanding vulnerable and you know yeah. that's what that's the leader I would certainly like 
it's hard for me to tell you I've messed up if you're perfect. It's really hard for me to do that. So that vulnerability and that honesty, I think, really helps with that sense of you're human and I can come to you. So is there anything else that we need to do now? Uh, I suppose key thing is once you've received the feedback to do something about it and to close that loop. So if I have some feedback and I think, gosh, that's quite tough, but I'm going to act on it. If I can go back to that person who had the courage to give me that feedback and tell them what it is I've done about it and maybe to ask them again, have you seen a difference in me in the way I've behaved or in the way I've been running the meeting or in the way I've been presenting? That can be really, really helpful. Mm. it's a good way of showing that you've valued the efforts that they've taken to feed that back to you that you're again that sense of psychological safety um but also it's an endorsement of the efforts that someone's taken um to feed back to you in the first place so it's made a difference absolutely um, well i think it's time for a one minute be brilliant summary so I'm going to, you can test me, Gail. I'm going to uh, just within a minute, I'm going to whip through your top tips and summarize them there. So we've had the courage to ask for feedback. So I have to make sure I'm asking for it. I've created an environment where people feel free and safe to give feedback. I've given people time to think about, reflect on and respond to give me some feedback. I've been specific about what I need and what I'm looking for. I'm keeping my emotions in check. I'm remembering to say thank you. And I'm gonna let people know what I've done with the feedback and how I've used it. Brilliant. Great, I'm glad I remembered all of those. Uh, thank you, Gail. Uh, if you would like another reminder of those Be Brilliant tips, you can find a downloadable tip sheet on our website. You'll find us on LinkedIn with our regular posts about all things leadership and management, and that's under Peopletopia. We do offer a range of programmes for both existing and inspiring leaders and managers. So let us know if you'd like to find out more and you'll find all that information on our website or through our LinkedIn page. Um, and next time we will be talking about or our subject will be I'm a leader. Do I really need to care about values? Um, so join us for that. You should now be able to say with confidence, I'm a leader, people give me brilliant feedback.